This episode of Excuse the Intermission is presented in partnership with the Grand Cinema. The Grand Cinema is the South Sound's nonprofit home for independent, international, and local film. The theater strives to enrich the lives and enhance the cultural vitality of the greater Tacoma community through the art of film. The Grand Cinema is dedicated to providing their signature art house movie going experience in a safe and healthy fashion. There is something for everyone at the Grand Cinema. Along with their wonderful weekly programming, they are also home to the Weird Elephant Late Night Film Series, the Silver Screen Society, Free Family Flicks, and Tacoma's Outdoor Movie Series. You can also inquire about theater rentals at the Grand Cinema by contacting their box office or website. The staff and volunteers cannot wait to make your experience at the movies a memorable one, so grab your friends, grab your tickets, and don't forget to stop at the concession stand for the Grand Signature Popcorn. The Grand Cinema is located at 606 Fawcett Avenue in Tacoma, Washington, and open seven days a week. You can find them online at www.grandcinema.com and on Instagram and Facebook at The Grand Cinema. This episode of Excuse the Intermission is presented in partnership with the Grand Cinema. The Grand Cinema is the South Sound's nonprofit home for independent, international, and local film. The theater strives to enrich the lives and enhance the cultural vitality of the greater Tacoma community through the art of film. The Grand Cinema is dedicated to providing their signature art house movie-going experience in a safe and healthy fashion. Face masks are optional while visiting the cinema. Seating inside the auditoriums is currently limited for uh, social distancing, so popular showtimes may fill up quicker than usual. Purchasing your tickets online is highly recommended. The staff and volunteers are thrilled to welcome you back to the movies, so grab your friends, grab your tickets, and don't forget to stop at the concession stands for the Grand Signature Popcorn. The Grand Cinema is located at 606 Fawcett Avenue in Tacoma, Washington, and opens seven days a week. You can find them online at www.grandcinema.com and on Instagram and Facebook at The Grand Cinema for a full list of their showtimes and COVID-19 guidelines. So how's it? I'm Alex McCauley. I'm Max Fosberg. And I am Grant Colby. And this is Excuse the Intermission, a discussion show surrounding physical media. Ahead on today's episode, the three of us will have a long-awaited and frankly overdue conversation about our love for physical media and then get to share some of our favorite pieces from our respective collections. Not only are the mics hot, but the cameras are rolling for this rendition of VTI, which gets underway right after this break. Have you ever experienced anything difficult and not felt like you had an outlet? Well, welcome to Facilitating Voices, an outlet podcast where we discuss complex topics surrounding mental health, social justice issues, and interview people with real and raw experiences and exposures to trauma. Tune in to learn, grow, and realize that you are not alone. New episodes are released weekly on the Chatter Network. Okay, guys, we're back and on YouTube for the first time. Whoa. We're in the interwebs. <laughs> you can see our faces. Um, of course, this episode is still being released on all of our regular listening platforms. But seeing as how today's episode is um, a bit of a show and tell, we figured let's get the cameras out and shoot this thing. So although it is a bit ironic to have a physical media discussion broadcast on a stream, uh, how do you guys feel about this new little wrinkle? Well, uh, I think we're going to get a lot of feedback saying, wow, you guys have really, really good voices for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited. Uh, the, from the moment we started this, when I was telling people we were doing a podcast, they're like, well, where can I watch it? 
there's a lot of people like myself. There's one podcast in particular I like, Your Mom's House, where I love watching them discuss and have their interviews and and interact. So I'm excited for it, especially as a video guy. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Grant's going to take on the responsibility, uh, the the pleasure, honestly, of of putting this thing together. So everything that you're seeing now, everything that obviously you're hearing, you know, that's handled behind the screen. But yeah, shout out to Grant for it's probably why I look the best right now. (laughs) All the three shots. Uh, But no, Max, I I do think it will be fun for people to kind of you know, put put a face to a voice. You know, we're 50 episodes in and some people maybe don't know what we look like. So that's good. Also, we we just share a lot of candid reactions when we are talking about things, mm-hmm. you know, kind of between between each other, little finger points and things like that, fist pumps that that'll be cool to capture on camera. When I have introduced you guys to either like my coworkers or friends outside of our group, they're like, oh, that's not what I pictured he looked like <laughs> from, from the podcast. That's so. funny. Also, too, Grant talks with his hands a ton. Oh, absolutely. Me, maybe not as much. But and then Max probably the least out of us. But yeah, the, the Italian and Grant yes, definitely it, comes it really... out on video. Um, so that'll be fun. Okay, so way back on our first few episodes, as we were kind of introducing our, our mission statement for why we wanted to start this podcast, one of the main reasons was to promote the idea that physical media is not dead, despite the streaming world that we live in, and that hard copies of not only films, but television shows and music still hold a practical value as opposed to merely being collectible items. We love things like deleted scenes, uh, the making of featurettes on movies, and of course, commentary tracks. Uh, so, so where do you guys kind of trace this affection to all of our parents? I feel like are about the same age. So I imagine you grew up in a household with the same kind of stuff around you as I did. Well, yes, but I mean, I grew up with a lot of VHSs and VHSs didn't really have, you know, special features or, or commentaries or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe a feature at the, like the end at the end, but it was like maybe 15 minutes. Right. Whereas, like a lot of my favorite stuff now on the, on physical media is is the you know hour long documentary about how this movie was made or or the you know the commentary o- over the whole movie, um, which has become a an odd like new obsession of of mine and I, I think Alex as well, um, but yeah, I I think our generation is is pretty special just because we're so in between, you know we we. We had we lived in a time when there wasn't the internet or there wasn't like what the internet is now. Yeah. Um, but then also like we grew up with with the growing up of VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, and now you know you know the biggest thing is streaming, and and a huge a huge problem with the streaming, like you're saying, there's not that extra feature stuff. You know, we are as, as humans, we are like natural born storytellers that's that's kind of what and this is very cliche to say but like that's that's where it started cavemen around a fire you know Mm -hmm. and so being able to pass down a physical piece with not only the art on it but how the art was made i think is very 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 important i think there's just something special about holding it in your hands and being like, this exists, and it's here, and you can't take it off streaming, and I have to go find somewhere. Like, I have it. It's in my hands. To answer your question of, I definitely grew up in a, a family household where anytime we saw a movie as a family, if it was good, one of my parents would say on the way out, well, we got to buy that on VHS. Yep. Mm. And it's just like, and like, building that collection was fantastic. I think I owe my affinity for, a, like, amassing a library to my my uncle 
who was a guy who got married, didn't have any kids, and just lived like the life he wanted to live. And he had the most extensive laser disc collection, I think, any human being besides the Library of Congress has. <laughs> like, like it was cool. Like he was always like the the first one to get every new thing, first one to get DVD, to get laser disc, to DVD, to Blu-ray, to 4K HD, and so on and so forth. He even has a uh, HD DVD collection and a player. Like, and so I think I owe a lot of that to that. But it was Max. What you brought up was really interesting. Of us living in the age of having VHS and then seeing the DVD and the Blu-ray come out. Like, think about how long the gap was of where it was just film to then VHS, and how long we had VHS, and then how short the window from DVD to Blu-ray to streaming to everything is. Like, it just keeps getting smaller. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. VHS, like hot button word as far as like tracing it back. I think we all had like that shelf in our house, Mm -hmm. you know, that we grew up with and, and definitely being able to pull something off the shelf, hold it in your hand as a kid, just like the aesthetic of listening to it rewind, Mm. even just uh, you miss that. Yeah. Um, I get, I get major nostalgia just being in the studio and seeing your like couple VHSs up there and just like imagining like just holding that square brick. Definitely. Um, and, and I mean, for me, wanting to collect was always a, a big thing in my household. My dad worked for Disney, so he had a ton of memorabilia growing up. Um, when it came to our movies, there was like the R-rated shelf where my parents had their collection of movies that they wanted to own. So I always kind of knew that this was going to be something that I sooner or later would just like fall into um, myself. And we were, you know, big on CDs, a bazillion CDs in the house. And and then once DVDs came, that was just the net, next natural progression. And then by that time, I'm old enough to start kind of like amassing my own which then leads me into my next question is when did you guys start collecting physical media for yourself really um and and it i guess it doesn't have to be specific to movies like what we're saying like what it could be comics cds things like that whatever your advice was at the time when you when you first started making money i guess like what did you want to spend it on well i don't think i was making money but my first my first like big collection was sports cards. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. And and like the just the love of like going into a shop, buying a pack of cards and and then like looking for new ones that I didn't have and having a collection and having four or five binders with pages and pages and pages of cards, you know, uh organized by player from my favorite to my least favorite. That's where like the weird obsession of collecting started. It then grew into comic books. Which then, which then eventually led into movies, um, comic books. Again, v- like just having boxes and boxes and boxes of of comics, and and also the I also the fun of like trying to find a comic book store because mm-hmm. for a while there it just like wasn't very uh, popular to have a comic book store near you. Um, and especially as a kid, you have to find a ride, right? You have to talk your parents in pretty much to, to going anywhere. But probably around like 16, 17, I start, I start buying movies and I start, I start like, you know, understanding like director, different directors, different uh, studios, different genre of film. Uh, and I start, I start buying DVDs and, and it just grows from there and, you know, I, that the movie collection, it is, it is, it ebbs and flows, you know, sometimes I will purge and like go turn in a bunch of stuff and then, and then just start to recollect new stuff. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it grew from there and, and now I have, now I have a lot. <laughs> 
Um, I was basically the same way. Did sports cards, uh, Marvel trading cards, Pokemon cards, um, then eventually grew into comic books, which I then stopped. And then later in my like mid twenties, I picked it back up again and it's still a fun hobby of mine. Um, but I've always just like, I think been a fan of collecting and just having like a library of things. My collection of movies started when I was 10 and it stemmed from watching movies on TV and then not wanting to wait to watch it again. And like, be like, okay, I'm adding that to the list of next time I have 10 bucks, I'm going to go buy this old DVD. And it started with, and I didn't put it in my collection. Now that I'm telling this story, I probably should have put it in my top 10. But it started with 1978 Superman. And, and seeing that on TV for the first time when I was 10 years old in 2000, and I was like, I want to watch that immediately again. And so next time I was at Suncoast Video at the mall when my <laughs> older brother like took us there, hopped in and picked up a DVD. So that's when like my movie kind of collection started. Um, and then eventually when I got like really into film, then it was like, it was like a foundation because then it just skyrocketed from there. Um, so comic books weren't necessarily my forte, but I loved Goosebump books. And so for me, I had like the entire first kind of series that they rolled out of Goosebump books. And so when I started thinking about it, I think that those predated like Pokemon cards. Oh yeah. I always had sports cards, you know, sports cards were great. Um, not quite as much, you know, media, um, emphasis on sports cards, but as far as collecting goes, you know, that that's kind of where you ha- like first got a, a taste. Yeah. Um, and then the hunt was on after that. Um, got my first like real nice stereo in my room in like fifth grade, I think. And so then it was CDs for a minute, but then that was shortly replaced by like the first TV in my room. And then it's like, okay, now I want DVDs. I want my own movie collection. I want those tacky, like Eiffel Tower looking stands. <laughs> I had two um, on either side yep, of my, in my room. <laughs> yep. So, so cheesy, but, but you had to have it, yeah. you know, um, in the, in the early two thousands there. And so, yeah, I would say probably around like sixth grade, seventh grade, even though yes, like wasn't making money yet. Didn't have a job of course or anything, but as far as, um, you know, like, if, if you did get some money from babysitting a, a younger sibling or some neighborhood kids or Christmas time, obviously birthday time. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. what, what do you want? I want, I want movies. Um, and so that, that I think is really where the foundation there started. Um, okay. So let's all kind of get up on our soapbox here before we get, <laughs> not that we haven't been already, but, uh, before we get into the items that we've brought to share today and generally speaking, why in 2021 do you feel that it's still important to give physical media a platform in an age that is dominated uh, by streaming? Like what are some of the advantages that you think physical media still has? Well, I mean, some of the stuff that we haven't said already, I mean, we've talked about, you know, holding on to a piece of, of physical media, mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole storytelling, you know, handing something down. Um, I like the idea of, of being able to go out and, and buy something, uh, you know, physically. When, when I buy a digital movie on Amazon, I don't necessarily, even though I pay $20 for it, I don't necessarily own that movie. You know, that movie could go away anytime. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to be, you know, it's not, it's not even like a, on your hard drive, really. Um, it's in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know. It, there's something, again, there's something to like, if I'm going to, you know, we all, I think we all work pretty fucking hard. <laughs> if I'm going to spend some money, you know, I, I want to be able to uh, grab that thing if there's a fire and I can run out and, yep. uh, you know, I still have that. 
Yeah, it's it. You know, in the simplest form, it's if the internet goes out, I can still watch movies. And then at the maximum form, it's like when you have a a Blu-ray in your hand, when you have a DVD, a VHS, that's yours. That is your movie. It's not the studios anymore. It's not Netflix's where they can choose when and when you can't can and can't watch it. Like anytime you want to plug it in, bam, you got it. And I just think that's awesome. And I, there's to me, it's like that is the epitome of movies. Like you have the shared experience, but then it's your experience. And if you love the movie, then get it in your collection. You have it forever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Being able to hold something, put it in, know that it's not unless you have a dirty ass disc because you've watched the movie so many right. times um, or you're, you know, already a bowl of popcorn deep or something. You're not going to have any skips. You're not going to have to worry about buffering the Internet, anything like that. The quality is better. That was my next the thing. The sound is way better. Exactly. Yeah. I think that especially the greater that the technology becomes, this is the closest experience that you can have at home as far as like replicating a theater mm-hmm. it is is putting in a good quality uh, Blu-ray with a good sound system if you have one at your house. It just doesn't feel the same. Yes, you can stream something on Netflix or, or on Prime and they say it's in 4K and that's awesome and everything. You can turn your volume up on your TV. But when you pop in that DVD and if it's like something that has the THX and you get the big sound effects coming in or whatever it may be, Dolby Digital, and you get the sound effects at the beginning, that's just something that you you miss when it comes to streaming. It's also such a personal experience. Like I love, I love having friends over and then – you know, being like, you know, if we want to watch a movie, like, go look and pick something out that you've never seen. Yes. Like, like just go and like, like, let your curiosity take you to somewhere. Um, whereas, like, with this streaming, like, you're, you know, you're everyone tabbing, has tabbing, it's my, tabbing, it's tabbing. Every, yeah, yeah, everyone has has a has a worse experience because you're just everyone is in the same lobby almost right going over to friends houses when i was younger and seeing their stacks of dvds i'd immediately be like all right what do you have (laughs) what what haven't i seen (laughs) what do i need to get a hold of um no i think that that's great you guys know i'm a huge proponent of like when people are over if it's a party i always have a movie on mute playing and and you have the case kind of tilted um on display next to the tv so Mm -hmm. people know what they're watching (laughs) i do that in my apartment by myself i'm like this is the movie i'm watching yeah and and here we go yep uh and then also to yeah being able to like travel with with your Mm. collection with a few things like when we go to your cabin max it's always so fun to be like here's the seven movies that i'm bringing (laughs) to the cabin it may be stormy out there we don't have service out there Mm -hmm. but we have a blu-ray player and we have these discs and this is our library this is our catalog for the weekend so that's a lot of fun uh okay so this will be a lot of fun what we've done here for this episode is each brought with us uh, into the studio our 10 favorite pieces of physical media. What we will do is take turns going around, introducing our items, and talking a little bit about why each one is so special to us. Uh, so before we get into our bags, I'm curious if this was an easy selection process for you guys and what kind of characteristics were you looking for in picking your items? Hmm. I mean, no. It, we... <laughs> easy is it easy to pick your favorite child i mean no (laughs) i love everything in my collection um and uh yeah it's 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 hard to go through i kind of wanted to pick maybe unique things that uh you know hopefully none of us double up on but maybe you never know um but was it it, it was difficult. It was difficult going through and, and trying to find something that uh, 
that I thought was worthy enough to bring on camera to put on the YouTube. Um, yeah. Yeah, I may be selling myself short, or I don't know, because I've I've only like scratched the surface with both of your collections since I've been at your respective place. So I don't really know the extent extensiveness of it. But I thought mine, I was like, man, like, do I really have like ten favorite? Like, I just have a bunch of Blu-rays, like my DVDs and like my, all my VHSs are at my parents' house, so mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna go peruse them and then i was like oh my, i got my dvds in my closet but like and then as i started going i was like okay i got 30 here how am i gonna narrow this down <laughs> like crap um but the same way like i kind of did movies that are like i can't live without and so that's why i love having a physical copy of it ones that have a cool case ones that have like my favorite like certain type of special features some just have a special place in my heart um some of its media that has influenced some of my favorite movies that i own so it's nice to have like that that found it, that you know that source code that source work um i'm sure you guys can imagine it's comic book related um but <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's just kind of a mix of things i thought was cool things that mean a lot to me and just things that kind of embody the the importance that we just highlighted in why we have such an extensive physical media collection for sure it's an embodiment of them yeah. all yeah um mine kind of came with a few different things time significance to, to my collection whereas like i love the boutique dealers and stuff when it comes to to blu-ray packaging and all that but but i didn't necessarily go with my favorites of those i i went with the ones that first got me mm. kind of hooked the the first little taste of it um artwork for me is a huge thing mm-hmm. if it's a cool cover uh that can that can kind of trump whether or not i think the movie's like a five-star film or not if it's got a great cover, then it becomes, you know, more special to my collection. And then a little bit of mine has to do with value. I'll use the phrase out of production a lot. Some of these movies of mine, I, they, they've become more significant, more special to my collection because they do hold a, a value in this world of physical media that they make them really feel like a special collector's item and I'm happy to own them. Um, okay. So, so let's do this. Let's, let's kind of all get into our bags here. I, I guess I can go first. Uh, we don't know, like Max said, we may double up. I, I highly doubt that, but uh, we don't know what each other are going to bring out here. But I will start with uh, a DVD. It is of the movie Kids. Now, I have talked about the film Kids uh, kind of on and off on this podcast ever since we started. Uh, directed by a guy named Larry Clark, who's very controversial. Uh, it came out in 1995. The DVD was released in 2000, November of 2000. This is the first time I ever heard of the phrase out of production where this, this DVD is not in production anymore. It's not made anymore. Um, and, and yeah, it's just a brutally scarring film. It's kind of about a guy who, who knows he has HIV and in the mid nineties, such a hot, you know, button issue and is kind of just like a serial fornicator going around and just trying to like pass it along to as many, um, people as he can one of uh, his friends, a girl, catches wind of it and tries to kind of put an end to it. Great performances from people like Chloe Sevigny and Rosario Dawson kind of before they were big in this. Um, but yeah, this this movie has always just like – it's a film I've only seen once. But I always I, – I see the DVD almost every day of my life when I walk by my shelf and I just think it's just such a – it's such a reminder of – on the cover here it says, a wake-up call to the world. It's another thing why – another reason why I love physical media is you get the little critic blurbs, <laughs> you know, on the boxes. Um, I was at a wedding one time actually staying at this this big house that the couple had rented out. And in one of the guest rooms, there was a movie poster for this film 
which is just such a choice by yeah. these people. <laughs> you don't accidentally put up a movie poster for this film. And so to think that they rent out their house as a wedding venue where people are doing all kinds of things, but they have a poster of kids hanging. I was just like, that is wild. Unless um, they didn't know what the movie is about. They're like, oh, there's a movie called Kids. kids. Let's yeah. throw that poster yeah. up on the wall. Um, I almost wanted to do Bully as well. Bully. I believe is a film that doesn't have a Blu-ray release. This has an international Blu-ray release, but the DVD um, of Kids is out of production and just holds a special place in my heart, my twisted little heart. Um, so that's my first pick. There you go. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go next here. Uh, I have the uh, collector's edition. This is a Blu-ray of uh, The Fog. Ooh. Uh, John, we're, we're starting off with John Carpenter. Uh, we may double back on him. Uh, first off, the the artwork on this is a what a shout I believe looks like yeah shout uh, uh, put out this this Blu-ray and I, I love the artwork from Shout. Uh, it's always just so fantastic on on the front cover. Uh, this has been uh, restored in 1080 uh, 1080p uh, high definition transfer, uh, which is actually it's it's really nice, really crisp, great sound on it. It's got two different commentaries on it: one with John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who is the producer on the movie, and then one with um, Adrian Bar- Barbeau and Tom Atkins, uh, who are the two pretty much lead actors uh, in the film, and just just a great. 80s horror movie. Uh, it came out. Wait, it was before the thing, but after it was his second. It was 1980. Film. Yeah, 1980. Yeah. It was right after Halloween. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis shows up in it, of course. His muse, but uh, just a wonderful, wonderful 80s snapshot of of kind of kitschy horror. Um, and Carpenter is, you know, one of my one one of my one of my greats. So I, I love that I found I found this at at half price books, right? Which is also really hard to find like a shout, a used shout, uh, you know, edition of a Blu-ray. So very, very happy I have this in my collection. Won't be the last time that you hear Tom Atkins' name on this pod today. (laughs) And it won't be the last time, uh, certainly won't be the last time that we mention half price books. Yeah. It's a mecca for for physical media. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's a free advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, in the uh, vein of Max of starting with someone that we're probably going to double back on is I'm definitely going to talk about this guy. So I'm going to start with the the lowest that I brought. Um, But I'm going with my Blu-ray copy of Interstellar. Mm. Um, I got this kick-ass steelbook. And it's just been always one of my favorite cases. Um, And, uh, you know, it's, it's Christopher Nolan. It's probably every time I watch it, it holds the argument of possibly my favorite Nolan movie. Um, and the special features on this, he never lacks in that. He gives you an in-depth look of every step of the way. One of my favorites on this one is um, showing Hans Zimmer going to the church and the organ he used for that whole, for the entire score, essentially. And just how like insanely like immaculate to attention to detail that both of these guys are. And, how they work together. So any Christopher Nolan movie, watch those behind the scenes. Cause they're, they're pretty awesome. But this one, I just remember, I think I got this at target. It was either target or best buy. And I just remember seeing it on the shelf and I already owned a copy of interstellar <laughs> and I bought this and gave that old copy to my brother. Cause I was like, I, I, I think we've all been there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is way too cool. And then when it comes to like new cases and stuff like this, and like target is notorious for this, of like doing like these custom sleeves and custom 
steel books. It's kind of cool when you see someone else's collection and like, oh, what version do you have? Mm-hmm. And then like Alex, your affinity for like things out of production. Like I've I've seen people that have uh like the hologram you know, things of certain movies and that you can't find those. And they're like people that collect them religiously on, on our movies and Reddit and stuff. So it's kind of cool. That's an incredible steel book. Won't be the first steel book that gets brought no, out yeah, either well, today. Um, but no, that that's great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I kind of want to get that passed <laughs> yeah. around. It has, well. has a great wrapper. And when you open it up, it has a good yeah, interior. What's the inside? Uh, I believe it's a uh, gargantuan. Wow. Underneath. Three disc too. Oh yeah. Very nice. Yeah. That is really neat. You love a good steel book. Yeah. That and that's great. another thing, you yeah. know, when and it book, is a bit holographic. Yeah, it's definitely got that 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 sleek finish to it. Boy, something else too. There's nothing like holding a physical copy of something and being able just to say, "Here's the director. Mm. Here's all the credits on the back." Yeah, that's so great. That's an awesome pick. Perfect. Okay, uh, my next film is uh, my first. Actually, my only venture into the Criterion Collection. Really? Yes, I'm oh, sure that's wow. going to be a big surprise. You have right. the biggest Criterion Hold Collection on. out of all three of us. Do you have a Criterion in yours? I have. Yeah, I have a couple. yeah. But this you is the only one, one. Only one that I'm bringing to the table. Um, Man. And for no other reason than it's the first one I got, and it's a oh. DVD. Actually, the only DVD that I still own from the collection, but it's Lahine. Um, oh yes, a, an incredible French Love film. Also came out in 1995, same year as Kids. And I, I um, the, this DVD was released in April of 2007 from the collection. It was a birthday present from an older cousin of mine when I was living in Hawaii for my 21st birthday. And that always just meant a lot to me where people are getting me bottles and they're trying to celebrate, you know, the legal drinking age and, and everything else. And he gets me this French film. And I'm like this French black and white film from this this weird DVD company that I never heard of the Criterion Collection and I'm like hmm what is this I pop it in blown away by the movie and then I just have all these special features um, to go on you know two disc the booklet inside the Criterion is oh, just damn. known for which was such a fun read um, yeah and so instead of going through and having four or five Criterion Collection films in my top ten here I decided to just go with the one that kind of got me hooked because after watching this uh, not only the film and and realizing that Criterion, you know, not to be like snooty, but they have like a a next a next level as far as their taste goes in films. Oh, yeah. You know, they they you're not going to have like once more. Any Com- cinephile knows that that's yes. not snooty. Yeah. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so so as far as Criterion's go, that's the first one I ever got. It's the reason why it's, it makes my top ten. And really? like I said, there's been a few others that um I, I've upgraded. To, to the Blu-ray version of mm-hmm. some Lynch films and things like that. This one I've never wanted to upgrade to the Blu-ray just because I, I it holds a special place in my heart. There's certain films you don't have to. They, mm-hmm. they they look in the quality that they are, and even like I'd rather him like to be in like 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. like go back to like the film grain and all that. Yeah, I know you love this film too. Oh, I well, love Lane. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Criterion DVD of the Royal Tenenbaums, which I would have brought, but I know you guys would have burned the. Studio. <laughs> uh, no, we're fine that, with the movie. It's just that's, the that's one I would I would never want to upgrade to. to yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Maxie in his bag. Then, all right. Santa like Claus. Just a, God damn it! Took it right out of my mouth. Uh, okay, we'll go. We'll go Steelbook next. There we go. Um, and this is one of the one of the first Steelbooks I ever got. And it is Peter Jackson's King Kong. Oh, wow. wow. Look at that cover. Which is, yeah. It, that is it's great. Very cool because it's it's totally textless. Yeah. Other than on the spine mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, it's got a big picture of the, the monkey on the front or on the back. Um, 
I love this version of this movie. Uh, you know, the Peter Jackson King Kong is is extremely extremely loyal to the original King Kong. I, I think it was a little misunderstood when it came out. Um, it's very romantic movie, but this has like a four and a half hour documentary of how they make the movie and they go through every single thing in this movie and how they did it. And, you know, I've watched the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes stuff a ton of times, but, Mm -hmm. but this, this is just a a really, really awesome uh, addition of, of how a movie is made. And I, I just, I love I almost love that featurette more than the movie. I, you've I've heard you say that before. <laughs> um, even though I've I've grown to really really enjoy this movie, I think it's kind of an underrated Peter Jackson film. But uh, but yeah, the the four and a half hour long documentary on it is is why it's in my in my top ten. Yeah, it, artwork as well. I, that you know Naomi Watts just kind of mm. she shines mm-hmm. right there, literally yeah. on the steelbook cover. That is that is really neat. Two disc, it looked like inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. two disc. And I, you know, it's got some some graphics here on the on the mm-hmm. inside as well. Um, Very cool. But yeah, yeah, just a I don't know, not the best movie, but the documentary one of the best. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so I'm going with a personal favorite of mine. Um, and one of Max's too. Cue the xylophones. <laughs> I'm going with my Blu-ray copy of True Romance. <clears throat> Just because this was a movie of one of those, I had no idea what it was. I had never heard of it. I just knew it was a Tarantino movie that I hadn't seen. Granted, he just wrote it. Tony Scott directed. And I bought it on Amazon without seeing it. So it's one of those, never seen this movie, but I'm buying the, Blu- I'm buying the Blu-ray. Blind buys. Blind buys. And it is probably the best blind buy I've ever done because it instantly became one of my favorites. Um, I mean, the cast is insanely stacked. And one of my favorite things about this Blu-ray is we all love commentary. I love rewatching a movie with commentary, especially on the background when I'm cleaning the house or any, you know, just dinking around doing back in the day, doing homework, doing video edits. Now what, what have you? Um, And the commentary on this Blu-ray is really cool because they don't do the movie. They do because the cast is so stacked, they do each actor and they just edit down to just their scenes. So like Brad Pitt's commentary is like a seven minute featurette because he's in like five minutes of screen time. And he tells his story about how Tony Scott wanted him to be the lead for Clarence. And he was like, no, but I hate, what if I did this small role and I was just a stoner and he makes his own little honey bear bong and like brings it to set. And there's just, you find out cool facts like that. And then the, uh, you know, Dick Ritchie, Michael Rappaport ones, like five minutes long, the Dennis Hopper ones, like 10 minutes long, Christopher Walken's like two minutes long, but then you get into Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette. And then that's like a 20, 30 minute commentary because they're with Tony Scott. Mm -hmm. And so you get like a, really cool just like 360 view like a um, potpourri of commentary yeah potpourri of commentary rather than just being like all right you get two you get the director and the writer and then like the director and the cast which is usually like the trope in, in commentary um but yeah this the special features on this is really cool especially because there's one part where there's an interview of gary oldman and he is in full drexel like full full costume and he's speaking in his elegant British accent. And it's just <laughs> seeing those two together, it just always makes me laugh. It's fantastic. So, yeah, true romance. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, Buy the Blu ray. 
I own that exact same Blu-ray too. The direct, I, the director's cut. I think it's the only Blu-ray they did of it. So um, I, I know there's a lot out there, and so it's not as uncommon to find it like at a used shop or anything like that. But it is it is out of production. That, it is that, that is a OOP. There we Blu-ray. go. Yeah, pretty cool there. Um, okay, so um, with my next selection, I'm cheating a little bit. And I am going to be talking about one of our best. Um, I have the Alfred Hitchcock Essentials collection here. And this came out in 2013, um, June of 2013. Got it for Christmas a couple years later. And this just has like all the cortex. This this has Vertigo. This has Rear Window. This has Psycho. This has North by Northwest. And it has the birds. Um, real cool kind of artwork attached to each each movie before you flip open the the holy bible here of hitchcock and yeah this this is just something that i love to pass on to people that you know they they see the collection or something and i say here just take this return it to me in a month or so or whatever i've seen all these movies a bazillion times mm-hmm. no need no need for me to uh revisit any of these anytime soon even though it's great to be able to um you get over 15 hours of bonus features on here documentaries commentaries interviews screen tests things like that um and i do love a bunch of other hitchcock movies rope is a favorite of mine i also own shadow of a doubt Frenzy, which was like his late period film rated r came out in 1972 a real crazy movie um you know, we've talked about To Catch a Thief recently, all those kind of kind of movies. But but I do feel like this is, as the box says, the Essentials Collection. Um, and so, yeah, I've just – as soon as I saw that this had come out, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait a little bit, wait for an appropriate time to ask for it, you know, from a family member, get it for Christmas. And, yeah, I've – you know, I've probably opened this box a hundred times to, to reach into the archives. I, uh, I just found a couple Alfred Hitchcock DVDs at a garage sale couple weekends ago and I was up there paying for him and you know some old lady was right there and she's like oh you're like old movies do you <laughs> young man I'm so proud of you <laughs> that's pretty great and, and the fun thing about these movies too is they do kind of all come out in that same like I think they come out in like a, maybe a 12 year window mm-hmm. of each other too so this mm-hmm. is really when like Hitchcock is in the zone. And when it comes to physical media, like box collections are awesome because you'll probably get some bonus extra features or something just cool. So 15 hours artwork. on here. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that we could do that because <laughs> I would have brought, um, I have like the collection of like up until Skyfall, like all the bonds. So, and, oh, and, yeah, that, yeah. That, like that rectangle book and the mm-hmm. artwork in that is phenomenal. I have a Christopher Nolan one that like was perfect because it came with this little book of photos. And if you took out the book of photos, you could fit the prestige in there because then it would complete oh, the collection at the neat. time because it didn't come with it. But those boxes I think are just cool, especially for collectors and organizing stuff. It's kind of, it, that's awesome. So oh, I, I love, I love box collections. Space. Big space saver on <laughs> yeah. the shelf. Oh yeah. Oh, All yeah. for that. And yes, it was cheating a little bit, but Hey, no, it's a good pick. It's a good pull. Uh, my next one is uh, a David Fincher film, mm. and it is the Blu-ray version of Gone Girl. Uh, I, I love this this version of Gone Girl on Blu-ray because it comes with the amazing Amy book. I mean, this Incredible. is just oh, an wow. insane – this is the book that is used – not used in the movie, but, but what they – you know, how Amy became a – you know, or what her parents used her for it to be to make money, uh, and just kind of an, a, a really unique and interesting 
uh, prop or prop, I Sup- guess? Supplement. Supplement to come with yeah. a Blu-ray. Um, it's also got an excellent commentary with uh, with uh, Ben Affleck and David Fincher. Hilarious. Hilarious. Where, yeah, it's uh, it's just pretty much Ben Affleck like complaining the whole time <laughs> about David Fincher and his directing style. Um, and I think this was kind of like normal. Like this is what you got when you bought the Blu-ray. This isn't any sort of special edition or right. anything. But I rarely ever see this version out there in the wild. So, uh, yeah, just really love the uniqueness of this uh, extra supplement with this Blu-ray. It's one thing we didn't really touch on is like with physical media, there's like some extra marketing, extra viral yeah. marketing. Like that's one thing that's not in my collection is my Cloverfield DVD that came with like mission, like, you know, like government notes and like, <laughs> you know, Polaroids. Um, certain like Dark Knight Rises came with like a, a comic book rendition of the opening scene, but you got to see the full script of things that they didn't cut out. And so that's awesome to kind of just spice up the movie a little bit of, Hey, here's a little little piece of memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is a great one. All right. Next for me, we're going to go, we're going to go back to Nolan and I brought a book and I'm only halfway through this book, but it's fantastic. If you're someone that likes to read about film and about creators, I highly recommend this. I just got this gifted for Christmas. Um, it is called the Nolan Variations. And it's this guy that has been on set with Nolan um, uh, several times, almost every single movie, has interviewed him countless times. But obviously, this is basically like the bio- the autobiography of Christopher Nolan, but he's too busy to you know be a part of it. So he just has this guy do it. But this guy is, is a very great writer because he's talking like you're – like sitting on a train and he's just telling you a story of Christopher Nolan's life. Um, and it goes from everything from the beginning of his influences and growing up in London and America and just his love for cinema and then how he comes up with ideas and how he writes with his brother. And it's just, you know, I talk about Nolan all the goddamn time. I think he's one of the greatest directors ever, definitely of our lifetime. And just to get like a little snapshot into his brain is just really, really cool. And it's a fun read. Like I don't read a lot of books. I'd rather like watch documentaries and kind of like, you know, get my information visually. I do like to read. And th- this, like once I start, I put it off for a while, but once I started it, I've been just been breezing through it. Mm. Um, so it is, it is pretty fantastic. It's called the Nolan variation, the movies, mysteries and marvels of Christopher Nolan by Tom Schoen. So Tom Schoen, Big shout out to you because this is this is pretty fucking awesome. I'd like really to read cool. that. Holy, yeah, kind of the recommend. only books I read anymore are like about film. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the the way I view this book is like, hey, all the special features on Blu-rays. It's you got every Christopher Nolan one right here in a book, and nice. so we're gonna tell you like a little in-depth story of how that came and that's always fun too when you read about it because then that makes you want to go back revisit the films exactly there's been times i've been reading it and stopped and put on memento and put on insomnia because i'm just like okay well now i need to fast forward to this scene and see what he was talking about there and it like it makes you appreciate the art way more it's really really cool okay for my fourth pick um it had to happen uh i have here um the south korean release of Suspiria, the 1977 film. It is region-free, however. Um, this came out in July of 2014. Now, region-free, I'll talk. I'll start talking about uh, region codes here a little bit more, but uh, sometimes when you get uh, a Blu-ray from a foreign country, it has a different region code, and it doesn't play in um, American players and things like that. 
I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a region-free Blu-ray player, and so this wasn't an issue. And obviously with it being region-free, um, wouldn't have that that come across um, as, as a restrictor or anything when I popped this in. But I found this at Half Price Books mm-hmm. here in Tacoma, um, and the slipcover is just beautiful. Um, I had never seen a slipcover like this. On, on any of my, this is my fourth copy of Suspiria when I, <laughs> when, when I count Blu-rays and other DVDs. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved, loved, loved this slip cover. And then the white case of the Blu-ray here in, in the mm-hmm. picture um, that you get right there and on the inside, um, which, which I just think is great. And, and yeah, for me, Suspiria, what do I have here? Another half price book's fine that I love. There, there are minimal special features on this disc, however. Um, but that's kind of why I was like, you know what? I think this was like $12.99 or something in half price books, which blew me away. Um, so I, so I had to get it and I could rely on some of my other copies for the special features, knowing that, cause like I have a shell factory one, mm-hmm. I have, um, a blue underground two disc DVD one that I'll never get rid of because that has a lot of cool special features on it as well. But this one basically purely for the artwork, the transfer isn't the best. Um, but, but that's fine as well. This movie is stark and striking enough, um, where it doesn't need like the 4k ultra scan remastering or anything like that. So yeah, this, this copy of Suspiria holds a special place in my heart because it was just found in the wild. I I've never seen another version like it. I've never seen like a sister version of this anywhere else in anybody's collection or online. Some of those Reddit um, pages that you were talking about grant. So yeah, I, I love this copy here. Gorgeous. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to do another uh, steel book, and this is the first steel book, and kind of got me into like these these different this first steel book I ever got, and 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 these alternate versions of these movies, and this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, steel book. Uh, it it is a the 40th anniversary uh, version uh, of this film, um, and just awesome awesome art on the front. You got the dead armadillo, you got the van, uh, you know, you've got the grindhouse uh, text up there. Um, and just one that I just love. Sometimes I'll just take this off the shelf and just look at the art for a little bit. It's uh, a FYE exclusive, I, I believe, right? I, I think that's where you picked that up. So. I, rem- I, I remember when you grabbed that. Yeah, I believe it is FYE. Yeah, FYE exclusive. So probably not in print anymore. Probably not. Probably out of print. But uh, yeah. One of my one of my favorite uh, steel books. That's a really cool one, and and yeah, you're right. The the color of the artwork, you you can feel that hot Texas heat mm. radiating off that orange. That's really neat. All right, this one is going to be a fun one to talk about, um, but it's one of the oh, coolest... I know what this is. <laughs> it's one of the coolest cases that yes, I, I got. Is. I got gifted this uh, for my birthday one year, and it is. Do you know what this is, Max? Memento? No. no. <laughs> it is Apocalypse Now. Oh, wow. This is the whole dossier. Oh, yeah, right the, 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 the complete dossier. dossier. So you get both for, and like my case is busted. So the disc keeps falling out. Um, but it's, you get both versions, the theatrical and the redux. Mm. Um, you get commentary of Francis Ford Coppola of the theatrical and the redux, two separate commentaries where the theatrical is him basically just kind of shitting on it a little bit <laughs> and he's just like he's like yeah this is good but wait till you watch the other one and 
Um, but it just has like a lot of cool like little information. I mean, as you can see on this side, just countless special features going down the list. So I, I spent like a weekend diving in and just like waking up and just putting on a new apocalypse now special feature and just getting heavy in the Vietnam war. Um, but it's always been ever since I've been gifted it, even though not one of my favorite movies, but you know, it's fantastic film, but it's not something I like talk about. I love that, that art too with the wax. Yeah. Um, and then the the one on the back with the quote of the mission does not exist is is cool. Well, and I saw a quote on the inside cover there where it just says "Never get out of the boat." Yes, <laughs> that's so great as well. And like and just like you know, like the the marketing like it looks like it's in an envelope. It has confidential on it. It just the wax seal. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it, like ever since I got this, I was like, this is a cool ass DVD. That yeah. is really cool. So that's yeah, very cool. Something too that I feel like you know I have a, a wild like 4K remastering on Blu-ray of that or whatever. Um, but but some of those earlier films like Fight Club mm-hmm. um, is another one that does some really cool stuff like that. Where where DVDs when they first came out, people got so creative with the marketing oh, yeah. with them, mm-hmm. and and now Blu-rays are kind of more about just like a fancy box set that is just like. You know, once you put it in, you're going to really appreciate the quality. Whereas something like this, once you hold it, you're immediately appreciating you know, the hard work that went into making it. That's really neat. I've I've seen that on shelves before, but I've never never been able to hold it. Yeah, to touch it. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, a film that I obviously love. Okay, so my next film is uh, or my next piece of media, I should say, is the 1989 film Society. Came out in September of 2015. Max knows a little bit about this movie. Insane movie. This is my first Arrow Blu-ray. Arrow is another boutique shop, Mm -hmm. um, kind of along the lines of Criterion, that takes old films, remasters them, um, buffs them up with a ton of cool special features. So this was actually an eBay auction win. I I had just been reading so much about this movie on like the Reddit horror page and and on things like that. And so when I when I started kind of just perusing the weekly auctions and stuff, I saw this going for a good price. And this is a two disc edition, um, dual disc with a, a really cool digi book on the inside and everything. Um, but but what I love about Arrow, and there are some other Arrow films that I have that that I probably enjoy more than Society. It's hard to ever say that you really enjoy Society um, <laughs> as a film, but they all have. Have these reversible oh, um, cool. inserts, and so you know you get bored with how one side looks for a while, and you want to spiff up your collection a little bit. <laughs> you can go ahead and slide in the other insert, and it's like you have a, a whole new, new movie. movie. Yeah. Look at that, and the same same info and everything like that on the back. Yeah, a wild film. I don't know if this is available to stream anywhere right now, um, but I always recommend it to people if they say they like horror movies because this is a movie. I think we've talked about it a little bit before on the pod, but like you might just throw up at the end of this movie because it is so extreme. Oh, it's geez. so weird, but it's so cheesy. And and like it, it is an easy watch just up until the last like 15 minutes where it just <laughs> goes completely off the rails. Um, we're trying. We're trying. Anthony, if you're out there listening, play this movie at Friday Night Frights. <laughs> I, we know that it's on your distribution list and people will go crazy. They will lose their minds. This is the definition of uh, of a cult film. The, the people who love society, it, it wouldn't get a narrow release, you know, if it wasn't. Right. And and so, yeah, I just – this is a wild movie. And I and I love, I love, love, love the, the copy that I own of it. Uh, my next selection uh, is nostalgic just because I, I found it out in the wild. It's a videotape. Be kind, rewind. 
<laughs> this one was not rewound when I found it, uh, of, of John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, again, I, I do have a collection of VHSs. I have a VHS player. I often throw a tape in. Uh, and I just, I love, I love the shitty quality of the tape. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it definitely takes you back, but also makes you really just appreciate, uh, how far we've, how far we've come. Um, but I love this movie. Uh, I love the cover art here. Uh, the fact that I can, you know, I, I love displaying the, the, the tapes with the, with the fat mm-hmm. bind here and, and, and being able to have one of my, one of my favorite ones on, I have it on tape. I have it on Blu-ray. I don't have it on DVD yet, but I'm sure I will get it. But anyways, uh, one I found in, at a garage sale. So. Oh, wow. That's really there you go. Wow. That's a good find. Holds, holds a, holds a nice spot. And this is the. 1990 or 1987 release release that's cool so that's really cool too uh yeah yeah my my family owned a vhs copy of that and that was down Mm. on the r-rated shelf so that movie before i even watched it kind of already lived in my mind um so yeah it was really fun when i first got to pop that in for my first time i felt like i'm watching halloween you click it in and yeah very fun to watch yeah very 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 fun to watch on halloween oh yeah with Mm -hmm. the tape because it feels like you're Classic. like you're there. Yeah. That's a great one. That's awesome. All right. Uh, I'm going with one that kind of sparks the conversation of um, movies that get remastered and redone. Um, I like it. I like it when there's like a 25th anniversary and like it's not in my lineup, but like the Back to the Future trilogy, they remastered it. So the Blu-ray looks impeccable. The Godfather Part 2 looks like it was filmed yesterday. It's great to go back and watch the original qualities like Star Wars, watching before the special editions, like the 70s and 80s release. It's really interesting. It's also kind of cool to see like like anyone would. Technology improves and like, you know, nothing's ever perfect. If it's your baby, you want to go back and touch it up a little bit. So I've always been a fan of remastered things. And I didn't think this was going to come out as soon as it did. But my next pick is the 4K remastered version of Batman versus Superman. Only because it does one of my favorite things is that when something is like shot in IMAX, the aspect ratio changes to, res- you know, respectfully adjust to that. So Nolan movies do it all the time. Granted, his most you know, his most recent ones are entirely filmed in IMAX, so it doesn't have to. But even um, uh, like the Hunger Games does it when they switched for like one of their final movies like when she comes up it switches aspect ratios avengers does it there's it's just cool and this is cool because like Zack snyder's justice league which was portrayed in basically the borderline 4-3 format which all movies are filmed in and then cut down to widescreen this you just get the whole spectrum uh the imax shots in this are then presented in that format and the the quality is insane i just recently got a 4k tv and this is the first 4k blu-ray i've ever purchased and i was i was you know, like big deal but blu-ray dvd like yeah there's a noticeable this but like big deal this i was just like is this a window like what's going on here my like it, it's crazy and so i i really like that and then plus there's extra footage in this and the remastered things touched up different color grading cool it's nice to see that zach was able to go back before he left wb to just kind of like tweak tweak a little things and be like all right now i'm out but yeah this is pretty awesome and also 4k matters if you if you care about it, it it's worth it. I, I do like that cover art as well. That oh cover yeah, this pretty is pretty sweet. This is one of like the like cool like marketing posters of mm-hmm. 
uh, the main one was like across their eyes. So like mm-hmm. the Batman poster yeah, I've would seen have that. like the Superman logo behind him. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that is five pieces each up and we still have five pieces to go, but first we're going to take um, another little break and hear from one of our partners. This episode of excuse the intermission is presented in partnership with Friday night frights hosted at the historic blue mouse theater in the beautiful Proctor district. Friday Night Frights is Tacoma's one and only go-to horror film series. This beloved, long-standing monthly tradition for horror fanatics is thrilled to present 1978's Piranha in the month of August. When thousands of military hybrid piranhas are accidentally released into a river used by by children for a holiday camp, the race is on to get downstream before the flesh-eating fish do. Friday Night Frights is committed to providing their signature, visceral, theater-going experience in a safe and engaging fashion. Tickets are available exclusively at the Blue Mouse Theater box office the night of the screening, so be sure to arrive early to secure your place in line, and don't miss the pre-show trivia, along with your chance to purchase an exclusive movie poster from a local artist. The folks at the Blue Mouse Theater and Friday Night Frights are delighted to welcome you back, so get your friends together and get ready to scream. The Blue Mouse Theater is located at 2611 North Proctor Street in Tacoma, Washington. You can find Friday Night Frights online at www.facebook.com slash Friday Night Frights Tacoma and on Instagram at Friday underscore night underscore frights for more information. Special for the month of August, we here at Excuse the Intermission will be sponsoring one of those trivia prizes. Max right now is holding up an extra large piranha t-shirt. And we also just my size, Alex. <laughs> and, and we also have a piranha magnet to go along with it. Uh, so if you're there pre-show and you want a chance to win this, go ahead, brush up on your carnivorous fish trivia, and and you could be walking away with that. And if you've never seen the movie, just go YouTube the trailer. Yes, Joe you Dante. You don't want to miss it. No, 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 no. Or just go in completely blind. Yeah, either yeah, way, that, that w- you're that gonna have a fun, fun time. Absolutely. Just uh, remember a shark. Comes as one. <laughs> Carnivorous fish come in millions. Um, okay, so staying on the horror trend here, um, my next pick will um, be one of my all-time favorites. Not only as collectibles, but movies go as well. This is the 1984 film A Nightmare on Elm Street. This is a steelbook that was released either in April of 2010 or October of 2013. Couldn't really figure it out, but it's a Best Buy exclusive. It's out of production ever since. And yeah, like I said, this is just a top five scary movie for me of all time. Not a whole lot going on on the inside besides the disc, but I just love that cover, the silhouette of Freddy and then him on the back. Uh, kind of peeking through. This is this was my third version of ownership of this film when I bought it. Um, but I found this in the wild as well at Half Price Books for fifteen dollars. And it, part of the reason why this this was one of the first steelbooks that made me really realize the value that steelbooks hold to collectors. Because if you look this bad boy up uh, like on eBay now or something like that. Now, granted, it's going for like unopened, you know, still in the package versions, but we're talking north of like 120 bucks wow. for this thing. Um and and so yeah, even to have Sleek. a even to have a used copy of it and in really good condition, um not only excites me, but it, it's one of those things that gets me going back to half price books almost weekly because I'm just mm-hmm. like I might find another Nightmare on Elm Street steelbook type movie there. Um and so yeah, I, I love this film. Love love having this as a as a piece of my collection. Mm. We're going to continue with the horror. Uh, I found this at an antique shop. 
And it is a oh sick VHS hi-fi oh. stereo version of Fright Night. Um, <laughs> what year did it come out? This is that's got to be one of the coolest like say. posters but, of all time. Yeah, it's it's great artwork. The poster, of course, is classic. It's it's a little beat up. Um, but these hi-fi stereo VHSs always had this crazy red border. Mm-hmm. And it was also really weird because you would open it. Oh, no kidding. From the, from the bind. From the side here. Wow. come out like that. And then also. Oh, dude. This is a like a blank. Like it, I, it must have been a rental, rental yeah. version of it that, I, that, that was found. But. Um, just got the. Yeah, it's got uh, a barcode on it and everything. Yeah. So. Uh, just a very, very cool version uh, of one of my favorite 80, 80s horror movies. I, I love I love this movie. And and to find it uh, in this condition, I think, is, is pretty good. That's one with Colin Farrell, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, and I think I've talked about this before, but that's the first rated R film I, I ever saw. And I'm mm. sure I know it was on VHS, one that my dad owned. And who knows? It could have been that exact same hi-fi like copy same kind of release um no that that is that is really great and also too the fact that it it probably probably was a rental we should shout out video stores because once previously used uh dvds and and vhs's became a thing that was a great place to pick up some physical media was you go to hollywood video or blockbuster and they have like a two for 20 a two for five sale going on or whatever i amassed like over half my collection probably especially of dvds from from sales like oh yeah absolutely All right. My next piece of media is um, a different piece of media. It's a comic book. Um, It is a a kind of a blueprint for all of the movies that is in that this character is in. Um, And it's one of my favorite issues I own. And also it's great to have read this and then watch these movies and see what so many different creators have pulled from. Um, But it is Batman and it is issue one of year one Mm. Batman, which is basically like the origin story of Bruce from his parents being killed where he goes in the meantime, when he comes back as Batman um, to the point of Batman begins is basically like a great little carbon copy. Like they take a lot from year one and how that, that whole story gets started um, up into Matt Reeves is Batman coming out. The relationship we're going to see between Catwoman and Batman kind of starting out is from all intents and purposes that we can see is heavily modeled after this whole story and how they both get started. Um, so it's a great, awesome piece of Batman history. And then also from, like I said, every iteration of Batman from Ben Affleck to Lego Batman to Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, every single goddamn one, something somewhere has taken something from this story, which is a 12 issue story uh, by Frank Miller, who's by far and away one of the best comic book writers of all time. Um, So, yeah, also one of my favorites because it's just such a classic cover. It's really fucking cool. I so. love that case you have it in. Yeah. yeah. As, soon as, as soon as you brought out the plastic, I was like, what are we about to see right now? Yeah. Grant, so, Grant yeah. really cares about this. <laughs> there's there's certain issues where, like, if I don't have them graded, which are in, like, sealed, like, really protected stuff, I buy these little sleeves just because one day I will want to get them graded. Or if yeah. I sell it, I want it to be in better condition. But how did Batman's parents die? I haven't seen that part yet. You haven't? Though. Okay. <laughs> um, so in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Is there a movie that touches League. on that, maybe? <laughs> Doesn't doesn't Joaquin Phoenix start a riot or something, and that's how they die? That's that's what I've been told. Oh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay. You guys ready for a curveball? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My next pick. You're going to be like, you didn't have Rosemary's Baby on Criterion Collection, but she had How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, okay. wow. Yes. I've so, seen this. So out. the 1966 uh, classic, holiday classic of, of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This came out in October of 2009. And I had seen a post about this on a Reddit forum with this glitter slipcover. And that's what it all comes down to is I had to have this glitter <laughs> slipcover. Um, and, and, and the, 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 um, the case itself is really cool. Oh, it's in green. green. Oh, it's like dope. an Xbox game. It, that's kind of what it reminds you of, right? But but it just oozes Christmas spirit. Um, really cool sp- special features on here. A making of with the animation. The transfer is incredible. He like he just shines Mountain Dew green uh, in this movie. The Grinch does. But yeah, I mean, it is all about this glitter slip cover. It it is crazy. I have to be really careful while I put it on my shelf because it'll just shed glitter. Like you will see here in a minute, it'll be all over your fingers now for the rest of the night. Um. But yeah, the, to me, this kind of started my obsession, or this was sort of right in the middle of when I started to get an obsession with slip covers. I used to be a guy that just threw slip covers away. I thought mm-hmm. they were like unnecessary or I'm whatever. Yeah, um, you, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I I want to be that guy. I've but given I can't you. Bring myself to I've do given it. you slip covers. Yes, because now that I've made that transition into being a slip cover guy, there are a few films like Zero Dark Thirties, one where I, I just hate that I threw threw away my slip cover for that because I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I I now am such a slipcover guy, and this movie is a big, big part of it. Um, this this packaging, at least. Yeah. How can you not love it? That's yeah. fantastic. That's a that's a great pick, Alex. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It is such a curveball. That is a huge curveball. What a happy boy, Alex is. <laughs> just me and what was I, the... and I watch it every year now when I when I put he up does. the tree and he stuff. Absolutely yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, this just plays on loop. Uh, okay, mine. My, my next one is a book, and this wow. Is... Written by uh, Adam Na- Adam Naiman, who uh, the is great a, the great Adam Naiman, the great Adam Naiman, uh, a wonderful film critic, does stuff for the Rainer. Uh, he's from Toronto, Canada. He he has his own uh, website as well, but he also does really good books. Uh, you know, coffee table style books. This is Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, collection. Uh, uh, where he's got some, <laughs> what a page to open to. <laughs> he's got some great he's got some great art, some great shots in here but really in-depth essays about each film. Um, and just just some of my favorite writing. He's he's definitely probably my favorite, you know, movie critic writer uh, at the moment. I have I have this. I also he also did a book about the Coen brothers and their films. I have that as well, but uh, PTA just means a, a a little bit more uh, to me and especially, you know, uh, this movie. So, uh yeah, I just I, I love I love this book. Uh, it's something that I always have at my hands, and and going back again, going back and like reading about these films, then makes you go and revisit them. Uh, I, I see too on the front it says a forward by the Safdie brothers. Yeah, so that's pretty. Sick. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so uh, a very 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 good read. Uh, a great thing to have on your coffee table. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Masterworks by Adam Naiman. Love it, and the cover is fucking. It's awesome. so I was cool just about looking. to say that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a really cool so cover. Cool looking. Um, all right, before I switch back into movies, I'll go and stick with my other book I have, which is another comic related thing, um, and very similar to that thing of Batman. This is the blueprint of his counterpart, Joker, um, and it is the Killing Joke, 
which uh, Heath Ledger was in heavily inspired by. Joaquin Phoenix's movie is, um, you know, minus, you know, you, you replace a wife with a mother in this book. You basically have Joker of the, of the movie. Um, but it is a great, uh, great fucking book. Alan Moore just did something crazy with this. And anyone that has ever been angry ever once in your life there's something in this book that you can attach to and it's it's just a cool thing especially like if you're a comic book fan of seeing something from the point of view of a villain rather than a hero like granted you are following batman the whole time but you really see like for the first time joker's always been like into this enigma he's just been this thing that exists and this is like the first look at how did he become and why is he that way and it's like and especially now with the renaissance of uh mental health awareness um this has been like has resurged as one of the highest selling graphic novels of all time because it deals with a lot of that and things that can happen and also the artwork is crazy um it is just absolutely fantastic and they're still writing off of this they just did a new line called three jokers where they bring back this particular one and you know whatever it's comic books it's that gets convoluted. But this is this is fucking right. Even if you're not a comic book fan, it's a great read. One of the best comic book endings to Oh, absolutely. to that to that great. Absolutely. Novel. And it's one where it's it's over and done. It just doesn't connect to anything. Mm-hmm. It is its own story. It's just a snapshot. It's a little well, one thing. Um WB got on this train. They did a really um long thing of their animated movies and they adapted this it's not great don't watch that read, max, read max you and i saw that in the theaters together you remember that? oh yeah. yeah they added some like like it's just classic classic um bruce tim of just oh you're older now and you grew up on this well you're older now so let's sexualize it and it's like what why that's not not what we wanted that's a tangent cool thing <laughs> cool thing i love about this is uh, the introductions by a guy named tim sale tim sale is from kent Washington. Really cool guy. I've met him at a couple cons. Every time I've met him, we only talk Mariners baseball. We don't talk anything comic book related. Um, but he is just a huge name. So it's the fact that they like have re-released this and get a guy like that on there is pretty cool. So highly recommend The Killing Joke. Uh, okay. So for my next one, I have the 2017 film here, Revenge. Ooh. And this is a Second Sight edition. Second Sight is like a a UK distributor. Uh, and this came out in May of 2020. And I not only am obsessed with this packaging, but this is one of my favorite films of the 2010s uh, inside yeah, color. I was yeah, going to say, color just damn. pops. Uh, the whole movie pops when you watch the film. It's a beautifully shot film with amazing cinematography, but the booklet in here mm. that you get is great. Um, it, it also comes, yeah, here the, it's black, a black case, which, which sleek. I feel like is, is sleek, kind of a little bit rare, just, just the DVD inside, but this is, uh, or the Blu-ray inside, excuse me. It is region B. So I was really excited when I saw that this was coming out, that although it was region B could fit into my region free player. Mm. And then it also came yeah. with this poster that oh, we sick. like to keep here in the podcast cave. Yep. Um, and so this was really just an all-encompassing, really cool package that they put together. Um, yeah, you get not only uh, a great tale of revenge in this movie, but it's it's um, it, it's a story about basically, um, you know, like women empowerment. And and it was a Shudder film, I believe a Shudder exclusive when it first came out. And, and so the, the 
first Blu-ray release that we got here in the States, just it, it just seemed a little bare bones for me. And it kind of felt that like if you were going to take a movie that, that started on a streaming service, um, I mean, it was it was released internationally and then Shudder picked it up and they were the ones that started to put it up. I was like, what, where's like the special edition for this? When, when's it coming? It comes three years later. And I did have to pick this up on eBay actually at an aftermarket price because I, I missed that it was like coming out. And, mm. and so I did have to pay a little bit for it, but but it felt worth it to me just being one of my favorite films kind of of the last 10 years. So so this is a great movie. Don't know if either of you have ever seen it. I would love to I show you guys this movie. It'd be a great first, first time. First yeah. Time. yeah, because I know you guys would appreciate the shot. It's just a thrilling, thrilling movie. Put that on your yeah. short list because if not, I'm going to borrow that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next is Criterion uh, Collection Blu-ray uh, for the t- 2019 Parasite. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Love love the color here or, or the, the cover uh, with, with the colors popping through there. Uh, let's see if I can get it out. Careful now. Gentle. Yeah, right. There so it comes go. out. So even though I'm not a huge slipcover guy, I can appreciate that's a cool the, uh, the side slip. Yes, <laughs> as opposed to the vertical slip. Um, but it also comes with, of course, the uh, the booklet in here, which uh, which also oh unfolds. Oh wow, really like cool. That. So kind of like a brochure kind of thing, but uh, a great read here uh, uh, from some stuff uh, from from Bon June, uh, and then two disc uh, oh, wow. uh, deal going on there. Lots of different uh, special features on here. Um, you know, I, again, just a it's 4K too. I'm yeah, re- I'm just reading on the back here. Excellent, awesome. excellent film. Uh, something that really opened, I think. Uh, a lot of, of of the United States up to uh, the foreign film market, which my foreign film collection is is getting bigger and bigger. Um, Good. So I think it's very important, and I, I was very excited to see that this was part of the uh, the big Criterion sale a couple weeks or a couple months ago. Yes, that is when you picked it up, yeah. huh? Yep. Yeah, sure. yeah. That's yeah. Um, whenever Criterion does do their their twice twice annual. Um, 50% off. So that's a great way to kind of just dive into some, to some international cinema. Mm, yeah. A lot of bong stuff is on there. Um, a few other people, obviously I had already pulled out Lahane, 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 Lahane. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, another shout out there to Criterion. Yeah. Great movie parasite. Another fun one too, where, although I know it is streaming on Hulu, I think it's always been on Hulu since its release. When you pop it in and watch the Blu-ray, I, you just better. feel more attached. Well, I, I, yeah, I love the, I love the feeling that I, that I have a physical copy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the well, appreciation is there. With a foreign film, at least I have found with like, there is like, if this was a 11, 12 or 13 list, they would have all been foreign films, but they're the ones that just ended up falling off the wayside. But like my Blu-ray copy of 13 thousands or even the criterion that you gifted me, Alex of uh, Roshima. Oh yeah. Um, when you watch the physical copy compared to what is streaming on HBO Max or Netflix, you get the subtitles in a way that fit the movie mm. and that the director wanted. Where if you watch Parasite on Hulu, you're going to get the Hulu subtitles that, you know, sometimes are just a little bit more jarring. And that's I a, gr- that's it's, a great point. It's, it's a very minute attention to detail, <laughs> but it's something that like I've it noticed. It alters the experience. Yeah, it, 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 in, in a way, in a way. Yeah. And it, for something as sensitive that a lot of people are with subtitled movies, then maybe that would make the difference of if it's easier to absorb. I don't know. I, I think that's a phenomenal point. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so for my next two, before we get to our number ones, the next two are probably like two pieces of media that I've just watched the most. And I've just put in my Blu-ray player and DVD player just constantly. Um, but also, um, I am uh, the resident director's cut uh, advocate. I'm a huge, passionate fan of director's cut. There's already been one in here that's been two now that have been three that have been director's <laughs> cuts yeah. that, I, that I pulled out. And I'm going to add a fourth, uh, which is Watchmen, the director's cut. Um, couple, what is it, like 15 extra minutes in this that just like round the movie out a little bit more. But you talk about physical media, and I've already brought up comic books a bunch, but this is, besides the ending, a like panel-for-panel panel adaption of the graphic novel. If you've read the graphic novel, then you watch this movie, your mind will be blown and how like this is the movie. I mean, granted, 300 kind of gave it to him, but this is the movie I think solidified the whole visionary kind of title around Zach um, because this movie is just mesmerizing and then it's really cool he does um uh, some of the special features is one of my favorite things in nowadays is the before and after cgi and watching people in the mocap suits and giving you a side-by-side thing and seeing how like crazy special effects teams have to work and this movie is a lot of practical stuff but then you know dr manhattan is almost entirely cgi especially with the clones and blah 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 but one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a great fun watch. And then also it's one of those, whenever I see it streaming on Amazon or Netflix or something, I'm like, I'll pop in the Blu-rays because it's going to look better. Absolutely. Yeah. And sound better. And Absolutely. then you never know if you're watching the director's cut or the theatrical version. And it's like, it's just better safe than sorry. You know what I mean? It, it is kind of fun when a film hits a streaming service and all of a sudden it's in like recommended for you. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and I own it. Like I don't need you to recommend it for me, Netflix or whatever. Um, okay, so a movie that I would never have to recommend to Max, and I'm gonna pull this out and run the risk of him just leaving the studio right now with it, and me with my Thing movie left in my hand. Oh, um, but so this is the 1982 film, The Thing. Obviously, this is a um, 4K remastered Shout Factory steelbook that came out in November of 2018. Yeah. It's out of production now. It was um, Max is like we'll, I'm well aware. <laughs> we'll, we'll open this bad boy up here. Just incredible oh, cover man. art on here. I think it's probably my favorite piece of artwork I have on on a movie. Three discs inside here, um, and so this was a Zavi promoted um, release that I then jumped on Amazon and was able to pre order. This is one of 10,000 that they released. They did a whole series of these John Carpenter films on Steelbook a couple years ago, back in 2018. Um, the, the resale value on this bad boy, as you can imagine, is, is pretty high. Um, so I'm really happy to have it in my collection. A, a movie that I know Max talks about, and, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I just let him clear out every time because it's his favorite movie. Like if I was ever talking about Magnolia or, or Do the Right Thing or something, you know, I, I you guys kind of just let me have my moment real quick or whatever. This is my. My moment to talk about how much yeah. I love the thing. <laughs> the thing and, is excellent. And everyone should love it. Everyone should love it. Everyone should own it. Uh, it is a movie that has a bazillion different cool releases. I know your release is really cool with the Kurt Russell cover art that you have. I don't know if it's in the bag um, or not. So so we'll just, I'll just kind of wait. Um, but yeah, I, I love this movie just as much as maybe not just as much, but almost as much as Max. And so when I saw that this edition was coming out, I, I had to own it. Yeah, that that is. That's a holy grail. I mean, that that is a sweet version. Let me that let is, me hold that, that is, thing. Should I do this? Grant? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say you're not gonna get it back. You're not gonna get it back. Yeah, because if he hands it over to me, I'm taking it. <laughs> the art on there is just is just fantastic. Um, 
commentary tracks with, oh. and, and I'm sure that they were reused from the previous Shout Factory release, but the commentary track with Kurt Russell and John Carpenter is side-splittingly funny. Yeah. When Kurt Russell's talking about how he learned to fly the helicopter and then how in other times they wouldn't let the helicopter pilots um, like like leave them without making a run. They're like, hey, you need to run into um, Anchorage real quick or something. Bring us back some beers and, and whatever. <laughs> Maybe it's hilarious stuff. Yeah. That's oh, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Anytime the thing gets brought up, because I love this movie as much as you guys, I always feel like because it's underrated, the 2011 prequel is pretty solid too. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. bad. It's a nice, it's, it's a nice little one-two punch. It is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one. Uh, we're going back to Criterion uh, again, and and this is one of my one of my favorite gifts I've ever been given, gifted from uh, Mr. Alex McCauley, uh, and this is Blowout. From Brian De Palma, uh, which so to play devil's advocate, the big I, I think one of the things about streaming, I feel like this got put on Amazon Prime, and it got tons of eyes on it, and it kind of blew. I mean, <laughs> pardon the pun, kind of blew it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's blowout, Max. Because <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't aware of blowout. You know, before, you know, what, two years ago, three years ago, maybe. Um, but I, I, I do. And, and it wasn't in the Criterion then, right? It wasn't in the Criterion collection. I'm not then. sure when I entered the collection. Um, so I, that is one of the maybe only positive of, of streaming services is that you do get a lot of eyes on, mm-hmm. on something, especially maybe a lost film like, like Blowout. Um, this is a great... Great Criterion version of this. Uh, you know, you got the clear case. You've got a great booklet in here um, with some oh, wonderful, wow, yeah. wonderful art. Uh, and it also comes with De Palma's uh, first Yeah, feature. it has greetings on there, doesn't it? Uh, 1967 Murder a la Oh, oh okay. Um, which I, th- I think one of his first films. Yeah. Probably a student film. I'm sure. Um but yeah, just a great. It's become it's it's climbing up my list of like one of my favorite movies too. I've been recently rewatching it a couple times now. Uh, I, you know, I brought it out to the cabin last mm-hmm. time we were out there, and and one of our buddies was like, "What? I've never heard of this John Travolta and a political thriller. I'm picking this to watch." You know, and we were talking about that earlier. How fun that is for for people to like find something they've never never seen before. So and, and Criterion Criterion will always do this, but. Um, they'll, they'll always pick just some incredible image from either the movie or something, uh, that they pick out and make themselves. Uh, but for that cover art, I I love it. Fun story about, uh, blowout and then, uh, the aforementioned Rashman from Grant. Mm. So when I got those two for you guys, Criterion kind of messed up the order. And so, um, (laughs) it was lost in the mail. I tracked down your guys' original, but I had already contacted them. This is major shout out to Criterion and said, it was lost in the mail due to due to um, a mistake on the address, and they just shipped two others in case I was never able to find those. So I got copies of both Blowout oh, and Rashomon, <laughs> while you guys still got your presents. Um, so that was a lot of fun. That was cool. That's fantastic. Well, if you heard that beeping, my camera died. So, oh, okay. so now I'm switching to this camera. So I'm going to hold this one. Um, so I, uh, like I said in the with Watchmen, this is a piece of physical media that I have watched so many times. Uh, it, it skips. 
when I try to watch it now. So luckily I have a Blu-ray, but this is my DVD copy because this is what started it all. Um, but it's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Wow. When, when this movie came out on DVD, uh, a guy we've had on the show before, Drew Burkhart and I, uh, were not only obsessed with this whole franchise, um, but we were counting down the days when this came out. So we both went out and bought a copy, and for a week straight after school, one of us either went to, like, we both went to each other's house and would watch this movie to the point where it skips at the brethren court scene now. Like I miss, I miss like five <laughs> minutes because we've, because if anything, that was probably the scene we watched the most, but the special features on this granted you watch the special features of dead man's chest and just seeing the CGI alone they do for bill Nye mm-hmm. and his crew is for late two thousands, mid two thousands still holds up. some of the best CGI I've ever seen. Um, but at the time the Maelstrom uh, scene, the whirlpool and all that, uh, was the most expensive uh, scene and uh, shot movie in Hollywood at the time. That scene like used more water than any movie, more gas, more anything, and it was just fucking massive. And so this, I, we don't talk about this series enough. Like I, I think I mentioned on the past couple episodes that like I need to revisit it. Black Pearl, I would have thrown in the perfect move. Uh, perfect movie uh, episode if Ooh, I was here. Yeah. Um, it's just that the, the tropes are great. I mean, say what you will about the the two and three. They're supposed to go together. Um, but three, I think, is just probably the most underrated because it just builds the world. It just expands the, the universe a little bit. And then the other sequels kind of suck. But hopefully the reboot does better. Yeah, so, yeah. Four, four and five, take them as you will. I do have a five disc box set of one through five that mm-hmm. almost made my my top ten list to Ooh, bring down here because yeah. not only did I know you would appreciate it, yeah. they they are, I think, a, just an underrated trilogy in this world of universes that we live in now and everything yeah. has to be a franchise. Mm-hmm. This kind of, you know, laid a lot of the groundwork that your superhero movies now follow. Oh, for sure. Um, so that, that's a great pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Ian McShane at number four is just fantastic. Had to throw that out there. But yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Love it. So that's my number two. All right. Um not that I really had any order. I guess I kind of did where I just saved some of my favorites for the end. Uh, th- it was hard not to have the thing as as my last one. But I just recently picked this up, another eBay auction that I had won. Um, and it's from the same Shout Factory release back in 2018. This is the 4K scan of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And now... I hate to do this because I just did it earlier um, on uh, this month on my uh, Ridley Scott soliloquy where I talked about, you know, the counselor is kind of like the movie for the real Ridley Scott heads for the people who want to give this film Halloween three shit because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Get over yourself. (laughs) This movie is incredible. It is such a dark, twisted horror tale of a film um, you know, you get Tom Adkins in this movie with, um, just an incredible mustache, a man with a mustache doing things, um, <laughs> that there he is right there on the disc on the inside. Um, uh, but, but yeah, most people probably know Halloween three season of the witch for the silver shamrock commercial that gets played throughout the film. Eight more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. You kind of see that gif get um, posted a lot around Halloween time, rightfully so. But yeah, this is just a a film about um, an evil man who creates three different masks, one a skeleton, one a pumpkin, and one a witch that they market to kids heavily throughout through these commercials. And on Halloween night, there's a microchip in them that's going to concave their head and kill them. Just an incredible 
just dark, twisted story. Uh, and and I think a really fun idea. This, like I said, all these John Carpenter movies got released, and then although this isn't a John Carpenter directed film, it still made the cut. And I feel like for good reason, because his vision with the Halloween films originally was to have be one-offs, be one-offs to be little anthology films where, you know, Michael Myers was just happening in one part of the universe. And then in another part of the universe, you would have this evil man, like trying to ruin Halloween for kids. And then Halloween four would be something else. This movie bombed and people hated it so much to where they realize Halloween four, we need to go back to Michael Myers. And, and obviously we haven't looked back, but it is interesting because in Halloween kills in the trailer for the new one, that's coming out, you have three masks prominently featured in the trailer, one of which, one a pumpkin, and one a skeleton. So I feel like that's an that's an odd, that's a little shout out to the real heads that know, that well, know what's coming. Or we're in the, the age of universes, maybe they're going to try again. Silver and Shamrock, it's coming back, who knows? That's a that's a great, it looks great with that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I also oh, yeah. own the Prince of Darkness, one of these. Mm, and yeah. so when those three steelbooks are next to each other it had on to have been shelf, the same artist, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was the same guy that, that was commissioned um, or woman that was commissioned to do to do all of these. And they look great. There There is one of the fog. Um, yeah. there, there's a couple of different ones um, from – there's a They Live one, which is really cool, Grant. You yeah. would probably all, be all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, an, another really good resale value on this just because it is such like a cult film in and of itself – and then on top of that, it's part of this like Steelbook Shout Factory series. So, so yeah, most recent purchase and and easily was in my top ten. I had had my eye on trying to find a copy of that for a long time. Well, my last one is is a double up, uh, and it's, boom, it's the Shout uh, Blu-ray non non Steelbook version of of the thing. Favorite movie uh, of all time. Um, so this one gets a ton of play. Uh, it's the collector's edition. It's got some great commentary on here, uh, as as Alex uh, mentioned earlier. Kind of probably the same the same special features I bet it as is. as yeah. the uh, the steel book there. But um, again, just gets the most play. And and I do I I, I do love this this artwork on front. Uh, just kind of the illustrated version of of all the characters and the dog and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's you know. What else? What else can I say about this movie? I fucking love the thing. I fucking love it. Uh, I'm actually I'm really searching for the thing on uh, VHS because that Ooh. that's one I'm, I'm I'm missing in my VHS collection. And I uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm out there sniffing around. There for you it. go, listeners. You heard it. If you find it, send <laughs> so, it to Max. Yeah, Make please. his day. <laughs> All right. Last but not least uh, is my Criterion Collection selection for physical media. Um, I had to save Christopher Nolan for the last, and this is his very first film, even before Memento, and that is Following. Awesome. Um, Great. I've I've mentioned this several times on the show, um, but a great, great black and white flick all about a writer who just follows people to get inspiration and just see what their life is like, and eventually he stumbles upon a thief and the thief realizes he's following him and gets interested in him. And so they just start having like these insane dialogue, like conversations that you are see are the basis of what inception will be of what interstellar will be of what tenant will be of just how they talk. And it, it's just really cool to see this guy who's making spectacles now and his brain just simplified to just two guys walking around talking about the world. 
Um, it, it is a fascinating film. It's very short. It's just a little over an hour and a half, I think. Um, and uh, you'll notice like characters are named in this that he reuses names down the line in some of his other movies. So it's like it's a nice little like after you've seen all of Nolan's movies, if you haven't seen this, you're going to like point and like kind of laugh a lot on a lot of th- certain things that come up. Um, I've never seen this. I love what it's written. Really? Yeah, oh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I love how it's written there on the back where it says. Written, directed, and photographed. Yeah, by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, that is really cool. It, it's he's a, like that's the thing is I feel like he's a classic filmmaker in a modern world, um, and this is like the the epitome of that. Like there is there is no, you know, like there's there's nothing frivolous. There's not we're not frivolous, but there's nothing like over the top, extravagant spectacle of this movie. It is just people in front of a camera talking and his writing just makes it. Mm. And the acting performances are fantastic. Uh, one of the guys um, appears in one of his uh, other like short films before he got big. Um, and then I believe he's the director of a documentary that Nolan produced, um, but they're like friends. And so like he used him before he like started getting big and you kind of start seeing the Nolan reusing people in his movies and things, but following is fantastic. I believe it's on Amazon so you can stream it there. Um, if not, I'm sure it's on YouTube because it's such a short flick, but it's fantastic. Hmm. Uh, or you have two days left, I believe, once this podcast is airing of the July Criterion Sale Collection. So oh, do a bing, blind buy. Boom. Do a there blind buy. Get that physical media yourself. Uh, no, it, it, I don't believe that there's a, a like real good version. I'm sure there's a pretty decent version of Memento out on Blu-ray, but I wouldn't be surprised if one day Memento makes its way into the collection. I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, I can I th- see the prestige making its way into the, to yeah, the collection I as think, well. Honestly, yeah. every Christopher Nolan. Well, will. Wow. you got to understand the kind of movies that they're picked. They're never going to pick something like Inception, but prestige and Maybe. Memento. I totally <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. a guy can yeah. dream. Yeah. Yeah. A guy the day can. Inception goes in is the day the thing goes in. Oh, so. good. There we go. <laughs> um, no, the one thing about Memento, now that you bring it up, I think they've only, only done two different Blu-rays because there was an anniversary one where you talk about secret hidden features. If you plugged in the right code, like a like a cheat code, like in a video game. Like up, up, down, yeah, down, yeah. Over, like if, over. if you just did like on the directional pad, like the right code, you would unlock a chronological version of the movie. Wow. So rather than like going back and forth between the black and white and the color, it just starts at um, oh, this Tommy might... being killed, and then him just going from there to the end of what, or technically the beginning of when he kills Teddy. This and I was might like, take some I, figuring out. I was like, I would be fascinated, and like I've yeah. never been able to track it down and be able to watch that version huh. um, without having to like download it. But I will be doing some homework on that. Yeah, for we, sure. Yeah, I love that film. it sounds fascinating. Um, okay, so. If if you guys had any honorable mentions, because we it sounds like this was really tough. Grant, you said you had like a, almost a stack of thirty to choose yeah, from. Yeah, I, th- um, I have a few mentioned here, real quick. If we do want to go through that, I I just want to mention one besides like the collections that I've already mm-hmm. mentioned of like Back to the Future, the Alien anthology, James Bond. The one that I would mention, and like I'm kicking myself for not bringing it in, is my Tropic Thunder DVD mm-hmm. because I think that it has the single greatest DVD commentary of all time. Where in the movie Tropic Thunder, if you listeners, if you haven't seen it, there's a there's a part where like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, "Hey man, this ain't a movie. This is real." And he goes, "Real? Okay, if it's real, then how come you haven't dropped character?" And he goes, "Man, I don't drop character until I do the DVD commentary." <laughs> Robert right. Downey Jr. does the commentary as Osiris Jackson no, the entire time. 
the entire commentary, he's in character until the end where he finally breaks and starts like they all just start dying when he starts talking normal. Dude, this and, is part of the reason why I hate Marvel. They <laughs> they stole one of our best actors for like 15 years of his career. Right. He Robert Downey Jr. is so good. The best part about oh. it, though, is so it's Ben Stiller. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Jay Bruchel, and Jack Black. They're oh. the ones they're the ones doing it together. And, oh my and Jack Black is late. So like the movie is starting and he walks in. And so the entire commentary, anytime Jack Black starts talking, Robert Downey Jr. will be like, Oh, Jack, you're here? Nice of you to show up. <laughs> and like just roast him the entire commentary. So it's just these these four great comedians just uh. just losing their shit. It is Fantastic, fantastic! I'm gonna go find that, yeah. that DVD. I, I, I have the Blu-ray, that. so I can let you borrow it. But it is so great. Um, so I had a couple of honorable mentions. One of them that's sitting right next to me. Uh, Max was so kind to hook me up with the Body Double VHS not that long ago, which I love. I own the the Indicator Blu-ray of it, which is also really cool. But this cover is phenomenal. I, I think that this cover is so cool. I wish that they would have kept that artwork for the uh, Blu-ray. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big one. I did mention earlier the Rosemary's Baby Criterion collection that I own. Just recently found out that that went out of production. I have a Kubrick collection, very much the same as the, um, the Hitchcock, um, box set that I pulled out earlier, which is another just like sacred text to me. Um, The Shallows, a movie that sooner or later I'm going to end up talking a lot about The Shallows on this podcast because that's another one that keeps on creeping up. But I have a really cool, um, copy of that with a lenticular slip cover on it nice. where Blake Lively's on the surfboard and you see nothing under the water and you move it a little bit and all of a sudden you see a shark under the water and Ooh. it's all blood red. So that's really cool. Um, and then I do own the Godfather Omerta edition which came out um, as a like Black Friday release two or three years ago that was really tricky to get your hands on. I think like 45,000 of those got put into production or something. Found it at a Walmart like three cities away um, like the next morning, like actual Friday morning. I remember um, I remember oh, when you and, got that. and and that was a big get for me. That that is really cool. It has magnets, postcards, all kinds of um, fun featurettes as attached to it. Oh, yeah. So that one that one almost made the list as well. Uh, I've got a really cool, and again, I don't know why I didn't bring these honorable mentions, but uh, I've got a cool DVD uh, double feature of Halloween two and Halloween three, the season of the witch. And you still haven't watched season of the witch, have you? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> and uh, but it's it, it, it's cool because it's it, it's it's a black you know case, but then Michael Myers is on the front, but and he's all green, um, and just kind of like unique. I remember when I found it out in the wild, and I was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this, like. I've, 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 you know, I've never seen Season of the Witch, but uh, I, I, I need to have this. Um, and it's just, a, it's a cool piece of, of the collection. Um, a friend of mine got me a uh, one of those. It, it's a video. It's a videotape with like lights in it, and it, it glows. And of course, it's it's the thing, but it comes with like an old, like blockbuster plastic case with like a, a really cool piece of art in it um i almost like the case a little bit more than the actual like glowing light tape thing uh so i, I really love that that case and again if i ever find even just like a just, all i need to find is the video i don't need the case because i've got one yeah uh, you can plug it home. in um uh what else i have a i also have a another cool vhs uh of aliens that's sealed um, that I that I found out uh, in the wild as well that I really really like. Um, 
Yeah, that's kind of off the top of my head there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, any, any last words? I, I think the only one would be, it's on pre-order, so I get it in a month, is my physical copy of Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> oh. I had to sneak it in. I, I'm surprised that's not out yet. Well, it was out in the UK a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but in America it comes out in September. But And then they're also, because... <laughs> WB is just doing their thing of just trying to make as much money off of this without even promoting it. But they're doing a Zack Snyder trilogy box set and like the stuff that it comes with. Just like I'm like, I own all these movies, but do I buy this uh, box set? Do I buy this again? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Zack Snyder's Justice League um, Blu-ray that I've seen and what it comes with just looks like it's going to be one of the coolest steelbooks I'll, mm. I'll ever own. So I'm stoked for that. I guarantee that'll have some resale value too. Oh, if it's like a Best Buy exclusive or something like Most that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You have it on pre-order already. Oh yeah. Okay, right. good. Two good, copies. Good, good. <laughs> um, okay, so that does it for our first video podcast. Uh, we can't wait to get this thing edited and uploaded for your viewing pleasure. If you are listening right now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, be sure to head over now to the Chatter Network's YouTube channel to see what we've been talking about all episode long. We will be sure to link that channel's page with the promotion of this episode. Uh, as always, thank you to my wonderful co-hosts, Grant and Max. We did it again ourselves, just just us without Derek this week. Um, and with video running and everything, I feel pretty happy. It's like we, it's like we know what we're doing or something. We're growing up. <laughs> um, this was a crazy month for us. We've seen our download numbers really soar in the last few weeks. So a huge thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we have a great month of August ahead now planned for you, which kicks off next week with a roundtable discussion for the highly anticipated film, The Green Knight. <laughs> And then that will lead us back to one of our favorite episode formats, The Movie Bracket, where we, along with our friend Heath Triller, will begin the task of crowning our ultimate A24 film, a challenge I know we all look very much forward to. Uh, As always, if you're headed out to the theaters, remember to be safe and practice social distancing. And until next time, we will see you at the movies. Stay swell and give them hell. Drink movies and watch beer. 